Hello, and welcome to Monumental, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, and big thinkers making monumental change. Here's your host, Evan Holliday. Welcome to Monumental. I'm your host, Evan Holliday, and today we have on the show with us, Mr. Sean Callagy. Sean, how you doing? Evan, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me today and uh, really appreciate hanging out with you last Monday night as well. So it, it's a pleasure. Yes, likewise. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Uh, Sean had me on his Unblinded group on Monday night. Uh, David Meltzer was there. Phenomenal group, phenomenal um, crowd and tribe and energy. So thank you again for having me on. Appreciate you, man. And it's an honor. Uh, so a little bit about Sean before we get started. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, a nas- national speaker, philanthropist, one of America's top trial attorneys. He's an online personality, creator of various peak performance technologies, uh, and a legally blind warrior and adventurer. Uh, he is founder of Callagy Law, uh, as well as Unblinded and The Real Raw. Uh, and so first off, just high level, Sean is full of value. Uh, he's here to lift people up. Uh, and help them become their best version of themselves. And, and I was witness to that, you know, when we got to speak at your event. And so uh, with that, Sean, why don't we just dive into a little bit of your background and who you are? Well, sure, Evan. Um, again, thanks so much for being here. And what I think there's an opportunity, in fact, I'm sure, for all of us is to realize how perfectly imperfect we are. And how life is this like never ending journey of mastery. And I think about it, I think of Yoda, I think of Mr. Miyagi, I think of Daniel Skywalker and the ability that we all have to create more in our life and more in the lives of others. So foundationally, that's what I was raised. I didn't have money growing up. My mom pushed a hot dog cart in Jersey City, New Jersey. When I was a baby, parents divorced at one year old. And so for me, uh, childhood was one filled with a massive abundance of love. I was uh, very privileged in that way, but not financially. And I know many weren't privileged in either category. And as I grew up, I lived a life where competition and athletics was present. And at five years old, my mom had an interesting uh, discovery. Um, her father was blind and she discovered that I would go blind. And she struggled with questions like, how is he going to ever make a living? How is he going to support a family? And it was something that became very present, not only for her, but for me. Uh, she didn't tell me until I was 17 years old. I was mm-hmm. an athlete. I was recruited by 100 Division One schools for baseball. It's an interesting story because I wasn't, I was 5'10". I, I wasn't born um, the most athletic. I wasn't even the best player in my Little League team uh, when I was 12. And so I grew up in an environment where people told me, you can be and do anything. And I actually was silly enough to believe them. And so that was my childhood. I went up going to Columbia University and I'll kind of pause there, but that, that growing up years was all about competition, team, family, loyalty, love, and uh, challenging uh, myself. So, yeah. That's powerful. And, and what, was that, what was that like as far as with your mom telling you at, at age 17, uh, that, you know, something like of that magnitude, um, would, would likely be a part of you. You know, this may sound crazy, Evan and everyone, it literally didn't even register as a problem. 
Hmm. And I have a lot of things that have registered as problems in my life. And that may sound odd. Maybe it was because my grandfather, he was such an icon in my life. He didn't go past eighth grade. He was a person of great and love. And so, yeah, I'm like, well, if I'm going to be like pop, there's a lot worse things that can happen. And I was just present to my life in the day to day and created urgency though. It did create urgency because I wanted to live life every day. I wanted to make sure I was in a position that was financially secure when I in fact would ultimately lose my vision, which I didn't know when that would be. And so the journey was accelerated. I'll, I'll go with that. So at 17, I was present to acceleration and I was, I was a person of uh, deep faith. So I believe that all things happen, uh, that God makes all things together work for good. And I really have had a struggle accepting that in other situations, but somehow not in this one. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. And, and I think, you know, for others listening that, that may be going through something right now or, or may be coming up on something that they just don't know is there yet. Um, I think that's powerful perspective um, of, of taking a look back and saying, you know, the, it, sometimes it doesn't register and, and you move on and you, and you adapt and you, and you grow out of it. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, Evan, it's all just the story. Like it's all just the story, right? The idea that we need a certain amount of money. We see need a certain amount of time. We, we have to win the thing. We have to be with that person. Yeah. I'm all for like deep feeling and monumental impact. <laughs> and we make up all our own stories. So why not make up stories that serve us as opposed to those that bring us great harm? Now, I can't perfectly live that, uh, but we can all aspire to that. What, when did you start thinking that way to looking at it as just a story? Um, you know, it brings up great emotion. And I had an interesting childhood because my parents were divorced when I was very young and spent a lot of time with my grandmother on my dad's side, my grandmother and grandfather's. I just described them on my mom's side. And we watched a lot of Batman, like Adam West Batman. And I loved superheroes and I loved James Bond and I loved Star Wars came out when I was seven. And so in these formative years, it was this idea of giving to other people, of supporting the underdog in doing things that were entirely possible, but seemed impossible. And then when I was 10, the miracle on ice happened, which I think is the sporting event of the, not the greatest sporting event, literally the most impactful sporting event in, since the industrial revolution. And it just kind of formed this concept that their purpose exists in being a part of something larger than ourselves. A lot of people say it, but do we really feel it? And then I went to this incredible uh, experience of high school athletics in a small public high school with um, very middle-class environment I ended up growing up in after moving out of Jersey City as a, a young child. And we just won and we won a lot. And we didn't win because we had superior athletes. It was a public school. We won because we had extraordinary leaders. The coaches I played for were remarkable men. They were, uh, they were Vince Lombardi-esque with deep, deep love and care. And it created this like bond of people. So I was just, yeah, like as I, as I grew up, 
I, I knew that my mission and job was to impact and add value to my team, my family. And from that place, we draw energy and it feels amazing. So at that time, I, I think I began to think that way, Evan. Huh. That's really cool to hear. Um, it sounds like a whirlwind of experiences and, and, and influences that impacted you and made you the person that you are and your perspective um, to be able to kind of pull yourself out of the situation and say, hey, you know, these are all stories that we tell ourselves or stories that, you know, of who we are. Uh, and we can ultimately, you know, write our own story of, of where the future goes. And, and if I could, you know, so because some of you be hearing this, like, wow, like, it sounded so perfect, magical. Like, let's remember, <laughs> I was going blind, number one. And so I'll drop in a couple of fun facts. I failed freshman high school geometry for the year. I wanted to quit freshman football the first day because I wasn't going to play running back and I was going to play wide receiver. And I was sulking and pouting. Uh, I wanted to quit high school. I wanted to quit baseball because politically I got screwed and I did after my junior year and the all something voting. And so in my sophomore year of college, I, after starting every game as a freshman, Division I at Columbia University, have an incredible season. When I didn't start game one my sophomore year, I felt sorry for myself. I started pouting and ended up screwing up, almost screwing up my entire college career, only to be so thankful to have had a disabled neighbor um, inspire me to recreate my story. So I had a lot of things, <laughs> right? A lot of things I didn't do right. Yeah. Emotional construct, but I, I I share the positive and the suboptimal, only to say like it's all a choice. Every one of those things that went well was my choice. Every one of those things that I created a context, a story that was uh, less than uh, supporting my greatest self. Every one of those is my own story as well. That's amazing. And in in taking that um, upbringing and fast forwarding to today of of you're running unblinded, the real raw, um, you're helping people in so many different ways, your speaker, philanthropist, what, what led to that? And, and, and also could you shed some light for our listeners of, of what that is and, and how you help people? Yeah. So I'm 27 years old. I'm going blind. I ended up not getting drafted to play professional baseball because I just had the beginnings of my eye condition. You know, my junior year, uh, Evan, in college, I was in the top nine hitters division one in the country. Mm-hmm. I tailed off a little bit at the end, still hit 400 in the Ivy League um, that year. And so it doesn't work out because my eyes, I go to law school, I get, the, I get what I thought was the dream job. And I'm sitting there and I realize nobody's happy here. Nobody's happy. And like the roadmap to success is very unclear. There's not anybody that I was working with or for wonderful human beings, like nice people, uh, I mean, some, you know, were, were not perfect for sure, but I didn't want to be any of them. I didn't see anybody who was inspired. I didn't see anybody. It didn't feel like what athletics felt like for me. And people were telling me, you know, well, life is not like athletics. And I'm like, well, why? Isn't business like a team game? Aren't we doing the same thing where we're like growing? And I'm like, it can't be. And then like worse yet, I discovered that the people who had a lot of freedom financially and time-wise were people who could market and sell. And I thought those were very dirty and disgusting things to do. I thought salespeople manipulated and hurt people. (laughs) So I'm 27. That's like what I'm thinking. And I had no background, hundred thousand. I had no background in business whatsoever. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I have no relationship capital at all. 
And somebody said I was going to quit and become a high school baseball coach and football coach. And the biggest problem was I knew I was going blind. So I felt like I had to choose between being broke and doing something I loved or doing something I couldn't stand and having at least some money. But it didn't even seem like you'd have much money because people think lawyers make a lot of money and most of them don't, not at all. And then somebody said, read Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Wow. And I, and I read the book and it changed everything in my life. Not because I didn't understand fundamentally what Tony was talking about. Because a lot of the principles, like I had lived in many ways, but he gave me a language and a container to explain my entire life up to that point. When it went great, when it didn't go great, and now I had a container. They gave me some technology in Awaken the Giant Within to control my fear, my anger, my upset, my beating myself up, all of these things that take us out of action. And that was the beginning. I quit my job. I created my own law <laughs> It's a 40 person law firm two years later. And a footnote that didn't all happen just because of waking the giant within. That was like the catalyst. But I started mm-hmm. exponenti- exponentiality of marketing and the work of Jay Abraham. And that was because Tony Robbins said to read Jay Abraham, by the way. Um, I bought a book a do- for a dollar in a garage sale called How to Make a Fortune from Public Speaking. And I began to implement these things. I, bought, I built a 40 person law firm, true story, Evan, everybody out there, as an experiment to see if personal development worked. Could you teach yourself to do the things that I had no skill, no business doing in the entire world, couldn't have been more afraid to market and sell. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in a beach house that I bought, a primary residence that I can't believe, two years out of law school when everybody's telling me, you can't build your own law firm, you can't be your own attorney, these things are impossible. And I'm like, no, these are all just stories that are limiting beliefs and lies that people make up. Look at this. And I'm... I'm not that talented. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, reasonably smart. I didn't get the, the highest LSAT scores. I didn't have the highest IQ. But all of this was infinitely achievable as so many people around me, attorneys, accountants, financial services providers, they're not building their business in any way and they're living paycheck to paycheck or yeah. like or doing well and like killing stuff. It doesn't have to be that way. And so that was the beginning of the journey and it just kept on growing from there. That's powerful. And is the law firm, are you still running that or what is that? Yeah. So I built and sold my first law firm, uh, law offices, Sean Callagay sold in 2003. I built the fastest growing and actually largest coaching and training company out of my coaching school in 2004, five, six. I realized at that point that in that space, I was a, a business operator, not owner. I want to be present for my kids. The thing I am perhaps most proud of is that my kids played in a thousand games growing up, you know, baseball, football, soccer, et cetera. I missed nine, nine, uh, other than the ones that they conflicted with each other and you're at one game together. And, and I said, I would go back and take this mission to the world later. Um, PS, I started a, a second law firm, which I still own 125 personal law firm, Calgary law. And then in 2018, I decided it was time to get out there and bring this mission forward. I went to a Tony Robbins event, for the first time in 15 years, I said, you know what, I'm going to do something um, to bring this out. I've spoken a blind guy in the middle of the room, like I don't belong here, like halfway through the day, because we're doing high fives and somebody slaps me in the face by accident. Oh, oh my like, gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, what's happening? And today, um, three months ago, Tony Robbins, after I've spoken on their stage 10 times, introduced me in a room full of people as as integrous and as heart-centered as any leader in the world and said if you don't know what this guy is up to you need to 
And that was an, an unbelievable moment in my life thinking, this guy changed my life. I never met him, never knew him, wasn't even close to him 23 years ago. And now, like, he says this in front of a room full of people, his hand on his own heart, his hand on my heart, and we're both crying. And it was like, how is this possible? And it's possible for everyone. It is literally possible for everyone to create your own reality. And I think that's what it all stands for. Wow. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that, Sean. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. Um, and I think just hearing your story, it's, it's inspiring to me. It's, I know it's inspiring to our listeners. Um, just like you said, it's anything's possible. Literally anything you can, if you can put a pen to paper and, and dream it up in your head, you can make it happen. Uh, and just like you from listening or reading to a book and, and 20 something odd years later, you're on a stage, you know, having a heart to heart with Tony Robbins. That's powerful. Oh, thank you. And, and Evan, just to be clear again, I've had at least 20 excruciatingly painful moments in the last five years of my life. You know, I got divorced, nothing to do with work. So nobody gets confused. It was not so working too much. It wasn't any of those things. Um, you know, so my life is far from perfect. Um, incredibly painful. I've had, you know, many different, um, you know, partnerships and trying to get things off the ground and people saying they would do a thing and they didn't do it. Um, many disappointments, many frustrations, many upsets. So, you know, the path is never perfectly paved. Um, but it is all worth it. And when I say mm -hmm. all worth it, because at the end of the day, some of the most magical moments were watching my kids achieve in athletics and being there for everything. Second was taking my entire law firm, 80 people. Uh, everybody was invited. It was 125 people. Some people couldn't go for a variety of different reasons to the Cayman Islands. Some of the people mm -hmm. that were there had never traveled to Florida before. I've had the privilege Evan, of handing um, a million dollar bonus check to somebody that worked for me many times six-figure bonus checks. And I've had the privilege of taking people, everybody in my family, 40 people in my mom's siblings and whatever, to Grand Cayman as well, my 90-year-old grandmother being there and thinking they believed in me when I was one. Yeah. And five, and being able to give back. And how many painful moments, how many times I felt like life was unfair, why is this happening? Standing at West Point in college and a fly ball going up and my vision just beginning to be affected by my retinitis pigmentosa, not seeing the ball, the ball hitting the ground, we lose the game. I feel like the most selfish person imaginable because I felt like I should have been on the field. I, should, I wasn't a real leader if I would have done that to my teammates. You know, so life has this immense complexity to it. Immense complexity. Yeah. And so I just want like that present because it all sounds like, oh, that's easy. And yeah. you know, it's, it's been a lot. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's good to remember is it's, it's not ever, you know, as easy as it sounds on, on Instagram or social media, it's, it takes so much uh, willpower and, and, you know, a lot, a lot of times like internal struggle, like you said, like, and also internal angst. Uh, where you beat yourself up a lot and, you know, it, it is always just a game we play between our heads, you know, between our own self, between our ears. Um, 
And, and I can definitely relate a lot to what you're saying, like just, you know, lost partnerships, you know, losses in the family, different things that, that really tear you up inside and, and it makes it tough, but it also makes it that much more worth it. Yeah. Evan, you know, I, I'm so inspired by the work you're doing in the world, by the people you're impacting, by the things that I've heard about you and experience about you. So could I ask you a question? Of course. So what drives you? You're, you're causing impact. You're in, you know, what I would perceive to be space. I don't even begin to understand. I'm inspired by your wisdom, your understanding of real estate and acceleration. You know, what drives you? Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, honestly, I mean, big picture for me, what, what pushes me, what drives me, what motivates me, what makes me do what I do day in, day out. I, I think I've asked myself this many times, like what, you know, why, 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 like the layers of the onion, it boils down to, I think my mom, she was to me was like my uh, rock growing up. I love both my parents uh, and they were so inspiring to me and my mom, she was entrepreneurial. She was a go-getter. She was hungry. She was, but at her root, <clears throat> she was very, uh, she was just impactful on so many people. Uh, so my mom passed away when I was 24 of cancer and she had just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people show up to her funeral and it was amazing because everybody shared stories to me at the funeral and like it, it drove home to me. I was like, I just want to be like my mom when I grow up because, you know, she had that impact, like everything she did, she just cared about other people first. And so that's, that's what drives me, honestly. Well, and, and forgive me if sometimes people don't like to receive something this way, um, the words, I'm sorry, it, it's present. So I, I mean, from my heart, I'm sorry um, for that loss. And it sounds like your, your mom uh, was and still is such an extraordinary presence in your life and the impact she's causing through you. And I'm, through, I'm sure through so many others, um, I could feel that energy. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. I, I think, you know, <clears throat> honestly asking ourselves questions like that of uh, what is your root why, or what is your root motivation because we all have surface level answers. And I think, you know, I forget who said it, but like, if you ask why enough, mm. then you'll get to the real reason, the real motivation. Amen. Amen, sir. I love it. it and going into like what, what we did with your group, Unblinded and The Real Raw, um, can you give our listeners a little background? What, what is that and, and what pushes you to do that? Well, thank you. Um, so my why is I believe, you know, we all believe in what we believe in, in terms of a higher power or not, but I do believe in God. And I believe that I'm called, we're called to not squander our talents, not bury our talents, but to exponentially multiply them. And so I'm doing the best I can to do that, number one. And that's what drives me you know, to this day. And second, I think in a capitalist system, you know, it's America, uh, for, for many of us listening, maybe some are, uh, but in a capitalist structure, people suffer. And people suffer because there's a simple mechanism. Um, we market our services in some way, including just referrals from our clients or, or Super Bowl commercials or anything in between. 
so people know and understand what we're doing. Um, and they say yes or no to buy our services. And then we provide answers and we scale and grow and build. And that's a very complex game. And within that game is the need to influence people. Like nothing happens without the word yes. Everything we create in selling, marketing, leading, recruiting, coaching, getting, going on a date, getting married, everything happens after yes. So that became present for me a long time ago. And what also became present for me is I went to Columbia University as an undergrad. I graduated law school with honors and nobody ever taught me how to go from hello to yes. Because when I walked into a networking meeting when I was 27 years old, for the very first time, I felt like I wanted to crawl under the table and disappear because I didn't even know what to do or say. I walked out on the verge of tears, I kid you not, as a 27-year-old attorney who mm. quit my job and felt, oh my God, what is going to happen to me? I'm going blind. I quit my job. I'm $100,000 in debt. Now what? Because this doesn't work. And so to encapsulate it for today, I'm blinded, is about supporting people and how they create acceleration in their money, like how much we make in our time and scaling and in our magic, impact, contribution, love, adventure through a formula that we've created for 23 years that applies to all business, uh, all professional services, all non-professional services, lawyers, accounts, financial coaches, like the whole gamut of folks, you know, people in real estate, et cetera. And the real raw was the, its genesis was something I learned a long time ago from the book, How to Make a Fortune from Public Speaking, is that when you speak in front of people, um, you create what, what I refer to as a hierarchical primacy, if you have a certain level of mastery, and that opens people's listening and gives you the opportunity, opportunity to cause your leadership. And that's how I built and scaled everything. And the challenge was though, Evan, everyone, it's 2020, we do our first unblinded event, 1500 people are there, it's extraordinary. Like we're on our way, you know, Jay, Jay Abraham was a, a friend, came and spoke, and, you know, Chris Cole, who's, you know, genius uh, in a variety of spaces was there as well. And we're on, off to the races and then a pandemic sets in. So what do we do? You know, we had this company, we run programs, we support and help people and there's a pandemic. And I remembered that one of the things that changed my life was I went into um, an innovation session in a, biz a business incubator with some extraordinary people um, that was related to Bill Gross, the most successful entrepreneur in history, seven zero to billion dollar companies. Elon Musk has three, Bill Gross has seven. And I remember that I won an influence off when I was there. And that's what ended up changing my life, me, having me on Tony Robbins stage, having me um, and Bill Gross, board with Bill Gross, all, all sorts of, and that's like two of 50 things that happened because of it. So I thought like, okay, COVID's here. We need to teach people about influence. I've been teaching people about influence for 20 years. Um, this is what's caused law firm growth, coaching, training, development, growth and companies of ours. Say, so, okay, so why don't we create, recreate in a fun way, like a combination of a lunch, getting to know people and this influence dynamic and the real world was born. The first one I did was uh, me and one person. The second was me and one person. Today, we've done uh, 500 real Raws and Aurora Opens. We have people running them with us in partnership. 
We do it every single day with extraordinary people um, like yourself, Evan, and others. And yeah, it's it's the way we've realized that we can unleash and unlock people's presence to the superpower of influence, have fun, laugh, and like get some feedback. And it's the beginning of the journey we, we co-create and it works for everybody to build and scale their business and we run them for free. So it's deep innovation in the space of experiential marketing. Because I think at this point, the only marketing that truly, well, the marketing that works at its most optimal is when people experience something. So that was the genesis of the real raw. And I am thankful to God. It is fine. That's awesome. And, and also from my experience, like I was saying earlier, it's, it was a phenomenal group, uh, amazing energy, and also just well curated in, in that, like you said, it's like, it's a genesis of so many different things and, and it brings together a very, uh, what's the word, like natural, uh, very laid back almost, if you will, like nature of saying, hey, we're all in this together. Um, we're, we're trying to do our best here. And, you know, we're, we're here to help each other too. Yes. Absolutely. Because the only way that we grow anything, right, um, is through relationship. And the only way we build a relationship is through a value-added shared experience. So the question becomes, how do we create the most efficient, in terms of money, time, and energy, value-added shared experience? And with that like context, then we could build and scale. And, and what, what do you see as far as heading into 2021 and beyond the future of both Sean and, and all the amazing things that you're doing. Yeah. So thank you, Evan. It's coming together and partnering with people like yourself and people that are listening and Facebook realized Amazon realized that the way, and by the way, I'm not saying I agree with all of what they're doing, but fundamentally (laughs) I agree with this concept that they capitalized on extraordinarily, which is, when you can add value to people and cause them to say yes, like Facebook did with everybody and Amazon did with so many businesses. When you do that, you create massive scale. So it's to, it's to proliferate the real raw as the free marketing engine for people to come on and build relationship. And there's loads of things that we do around it to be what our mission is and I'm blinded to cause leaders to lead leaders, to merge ecosystems, meaning come together for one plus one equals a trillion relationship or it's more than 10 to make the world a better place. Like it's like the coming together of leaders, like causing of leadership, not followership to do things together that are integrous, meaning more value added than taken. And so we're scaling real raw. We're building incredible relationships. We have all sorts of partnerships in the works and we are endlessly looking for more uh, Integris partnerships. I love Integris and also one plus one equals a trillion. <laughs> you know, I always, I always say in, in my, in Monumental, we say one plus one equals three, but now I, I think I'm going to steal that from you. One plus one equals a trillion. Please. That would be amazing. Um, always uh, honoring source. And I yeah. <laughs> appreciate that. And that, it, by the way, all kidding aside, Evan, um, we have a principle in Integris Influence and Blinded, which is honoring source. So that means every time I say anything, 
I share where it originated from. So when I talk about my love and belief in the exponentiality of marketing, I cite Jay Abraham. When I talk about like self-mastery and my access to it, I say Tony Robbins, you know, so there, and, and in relationship creation, if I'm, I'm speaking or running a team meeting, I'll, we, we will always cite source like, Hey, Hey, we got to thank Craig Klingman because he introduced us to so-and-so who then introduced yeah. blank. And it's an acknowledgement pattern of integrity that has like deep resonance and causes people to want to come together and stay together. Yeah. And as far as you mentioned, Jay Abraham, Tony Robbins, um, do you have any other uh, mentors or, or um, people that, that you look up to and that guide you on your journey? Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting because I, you know, Tony was from afar and I'm a part of his lions organization. So I get to go to Tony's house um, twice a year now. And so I am, I'm, deeply rooted in his work jay you know uh, you know deeply rooted in, in, in more in friendship at this point which is uh, something i appreciate very much um i would say you know i have uh, a a great friend chris crone and we learn from each other chris has you know six hundred thousand subscribers on youtube he's he's understood how to cause leadership in the digital and online space um, in a very unique way so you know chris and i chat non-stop and yeah, I'd say a lot of fine folks in my family. Um, I, I love the work. I, I love the insights provided by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and I wouldn't say, I'd say what I've learned from Malcolm Gladwell is it's anchored the concept that the world really doesn't work the way we think that it does. Mm-hmm. And if we're patient enough to understand, I think this is you know what you bring, uh, Evan, you know, here with all of your amazing uh, tribe is if, we, if we're present to that it really works a little bit differently. Therefore, we can um, create integrous uh, time shrinkage to acceleration by not living in the limiting stories of other people. And Malcolm Gladwell's work proves that over and over, that we think A causes B, and it just doesn't. And his work cites in every single book is essentially that. Like what we think is, isn't. And it's that work has been profoundly important when we come up against like, oh no, it's not this. And that's never going to work. Yeah. Everything I've ever done, people told me that's not going to work. Why are you doing this? When I started my first law firm and went to a certain area of the law, my dad said, well, if that easy, why isn't everybody doing it? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, but <laughs> so, and that, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes me think of um, how, you know, I think your part of your mission and part of my mission and, and those in the education, empowerment, coaching, in this world where we're giving back and we're sharing what we know and we're sharing each other's stories. Um, I think part of that does come from uh, our deep rooted desire to, to show uh, the world in another perspective and, and show others that, hey, you know, you don't have to do it like everybody else or, hey, you know, it, it, the world thinks you got to do it this way, but you really don't have to. You can do it whichever way you want, uh, upside upside down, whichever way you do it that way and you do it your way uh, and that'll be the best way for you. Uh, it also reminds me, um, my coach, Coach Trevor McGregor, mm. he always says, um, turn decades into days. And that is exactly what, what you're saying. Like, how can we lean on others and, and learn from others and 
and surround ourselves with others that we can together turn decades of experience into days for, for others. Amen. Can I give a 60 second illustration of this? Yes. Yeah. So like now we're into like micro takeaways, like we're out of like the macro general vision, like micro takeaway is this I'm, I'm, leave that networking group. I'm devastated. This is, I'm 27 years old. And I decide, you know what? I'm going to start my own group because I, I think this is just a good idea. So I start a networking group it was actually BNI and I'm there for four months and I've gotten about three referrals. One was for a $750 will for somebody's grandmother. Another person, a doctor in the group, had his Corvette stolen and thought he, they, he caused it. So I took the case on a contingency and got him like $6,000 for it or something like that. And some other crazy like real estate closing or something like, like nothing meaningful. I'm desperate and starving. And I realized, you know, when we think we're going to randomly network, it is divisively destructive to our dreams because it's random. We think we're gonna be in a group that gives us referrals. We're counting on people to do something that they're not in the business to do. So I realized as president of the group, I'm like, you know what? The mission here is to graduate from this group. It's to, it's to create partnerships that aren't in this room because nobody in this room has an endless supply of my clients, but the people in this room do know who those people are. And I, I putting synthesizing all the work of the people I mentioned before, that's a, the conclusion that I drew. So I took the person who's a chiropractor in the group and I said, listen, could, I, could you do me a favor? Like, is there a, a group of chiropractors? Cause I'm like, you know, chiropractors will let me help them do something. And they probably fight with insurance companies and maybe it can recover money for them. So he's like, yeah, like I'll, uh, I'll call the people and see if they're looking for a speaker and you can come in. I'm like, oh, like, could, would it be okay? I'm not saying you can endorse me. Could I just call them and say, we know each other just so they have a frame of reference for me. And he's like, sure. It takes me five meetings they end up finally agreeing to let me come in and speak. I go in and speak. I create a unique topic. I didn't talk about a legal issue of collecting money from insurance companies. I called my first talk. You are at war and you don't even know it. And talked about the fact that insurance companies were fighting a war against them as chiropractors. 10 people were lined up to be my clients. They brought me to the state society soon thereafter. That distinction caused me to build the business that I've recovered. Our firm has brought in. I'm sorry, for our clients who brought in, more than, just in this one area, more than $400 million over the past uh, 20 years. And all of it was because I realized a tiny distinction that I needed to get out of that room seeking referrals from them. Instead of seeking referrals from them, I need to get out of the room speaking in front of groups of people that they could at least, if they didn't introduce me to them, at least have me have a credible phone call to open up a possibility and now be speaking in front of groups. And that's what we call ecosystem merging. So that piece is how I think we scale by seeing things that are right there in front of us that other people don't see. Wow. Ecosystem merging. And yeah, that sounds powerful. And, and I love how you literally sounds like you just flipped the script on, on how you, you market it and also how you, you brand and also how you build those relationships and be able to come from a value placed or value centered place. Yes. And, and you know, Evan, when we're going to go speak in front of a group of people, 
it's not about us. It's never about us in any way. It's about serving the interest of people. So as I come on today, you know, my mission, my outcome is to serve you, serve the people here, and to make sure that if all we did today, and obviously can't teach all the content that we teach, but if people can realize that instead of random networking, you create integrous agreements with people to do things together, your life, your, your life will change, provided you also leave people, my, my other takeaway from today, you know, Oprah Winfrey said the reason she held the, the microphone for 30,000 people isn't, and here's my like, footnote, is not because she pitched, hooked, closed, or funneled. Instead, Oprah left people with this. I see you, I hear you, and what you say matters to me. And when you leave people with that, from there, they will tackle you before you leave their life. You know, and so Evan, yes. privilege of being here, brother, like I am present forever because I heard it, I didn't say it nicely, for the impact that your mom had on your life, for the cause that you are for the leadership of the people listening to this in the world. Like I see you, I hear you, and what you and everybody here has to say matters and matters to me. I love that. Thank you. Um, one last question before we dive into our monumental questions, um, what to be able for our monumental listeners to, to have their own monumental impact to, to, you know, live a life unblinded, um, what is one lasting piece of advice that you would have? Simply to find a way to love everyone unconditionally with boundaries. And you can love people and confront them, but loving unconditionally boundaries means the absence of blame and judgment. You can assess behavior. You decide to begin and end relationships. And I've done this imperfectly. I aspire to it. But when we love people unconditionally and then realize we can have boundaries so we can like actually have love for people that have hurt us and we can have acceptance and forgiveness of them as humans while not accepting the behavior. And if when we're able to do that and let go of blame and judgment, the acceleration and ability to lead people like Oprah said, I see you, I hear you, what you say matters to me is limitless. Yeah. Guys, pause, rewind, wherever you're listening right now. Uh, that's powerful. Um, thank you so much for that. And also, uh, let's jump into our monumental questions. Yes, sir. Uh, what does success mean to you? It means creating an intentional life that you are grateful for and proud of. Boom. Love it. Uh, what about daily habits or morning rituals that you have? Executive creation, decision-making time, which means waking up and being the executive of your life and making decisions about your intention because we don't wanna cause other people to do what we want them to do, but we also don't want people causing us to do just what, we, what they want us to do. And instead we wanna figure out integrous aligned value exchanges that we build intentionally and also get in your body. Like I'm in my body all day, brother, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, every single, before I got on this, this call, I was doing some jumping jacks, exercises, movement to make sure I'm in my body continuously um, and resetting my state. Yes. Get in that high energy state. I love it. 
Um, last question. What about favorite book or book you are currently reading? Awesome. Uh, book I am currently reading other than the Earp brothers, which is the funnest escape because I want to <laughs> learn more about the true life of Wyatt Earp. Um, the talent code, which discusses what the acceleration of our skill set actually looks like through massive, consistent action and challenging ourselves to fail and then fail again better time after time. Hmm. That's awesome. I'll have to check both of those out. Wow. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Sean. Amazing episode, amazing experience for me, experience for our audience. Uh, I love diving into your story, your mindset, your, your ups, your downs, your, you know, each trial and tribulation of Sean uh, and how that has been able to be shared with so many people too. That's really powerful. So thank you again for sharing. Well, Evan, thank you. And I am immensely appreciative for you and this monumental tribe. And uh, I look forward to co-creating and, you know, is yeah. So thank you. Yes. I love it. And where can our monumental listeners follow you, reach out to you, see what you're up to? Yeah. Uh, the best way, cause I, I would love to co-create. We love to co-create with everybody. It's real raw, R E A L R A W unblinded.com. So real raw unblinded.com. If you want a stage and a microphone and to co-create an ecosystem merge with remarkable people, that would be the right step. Guys, take Sean up on that real raw unblinded.com. And guys, if you enjoyed today's episode of Monumental, you guys know what to do. You need to uh, like, subscribe, rate, and review Monumental. And also make sure to share this episode. Share it with a friend. Share it with others on social media. Tag Sean. Tag myself. Let us know you're listening. Uh, let us know a favorite quote you had or a favorite thought or a favorite breakthrough that you had from today's episode. And guys, with that, have a monumental day. Mm -hmm.